The Denver Planning Board reviews and makes recommendations to the Mayor and Denver City Council on rezoning requests, district design standards, and other land use rules. This meeting of the Denver Planning Board begins now. Sarah Corse and Mary Coddington are excused. Is everybody correct? As is Angel. As is Angel. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, okay, great. Uh, so, planning board reserves time at the beginning of every meeting for public comment on any item that does not have a hearing or item on regular agenda. Uh, this is time to let us know something you think planning board should know, but planning board will not be responding or entering into a dialogue about it because it's not on the publicly noticed agenda. If you are here to give comment on something you would like planning board to know about, that is not otherwise listed on the agenda, please raise your hand and you will have three minutes. <laughs> yeah. Do we have anybody online? Okay. I'll get my phone. And there is no one in the room that I see. Okay. 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 Well, with that, um, we don't, um, oh, we do have two meeting records to approve. Sorry. Um, we have a meeting record from October 18th. Um, and the meeting records from November 1st, 2023. I look this up, are there any corrections or would someone like to make a motion um, for either? Are there any corrections to either of those meeting minutes? Let's start with that. Okay, great. Thank you. I move to approve the meeting record for October 18th, 2023. Second. Motion from Brad and a second from Heidi. Uh, I'm going to just check our roll call. Came in the email. Oh, they were in the email. Okay, Here, hold on. That's what I needed. Mary, Melissa, Gosha, Claude, Jordan, Angela, Heidi. You want to just list that up? Sure. <laughs> uh, Melissa? Gosha? Hi. Claude? Hi. Jordan? Hi. Heidi? Aye. And I was present. I vote aye as well. Great. Thank you so very much. Um, and then for the meeting minutes for the November 1st meeting, um, Melissa? Aye. Goja? Aye. Oh, 
Thank you. I had a motion. Oh, sorry. I move to approve the records for the November 13th. Um, second. Thank you. I think I'm actually going to have to table this one because we won't have a quorum of the people present to approve those meeting minutes. I'm just looking at who it is. It's basically only three of us. So unless there's other direction um, from the city's attorney's office, sorry, I can't see you guys. Um, uh, I will table that motion and we will take up the November 1st minutes at a future meeting. Um, I'll do a vote at the tabling of the motion. I think we can all vote on that piece. Uh, Fred? Aye. Heidi? Aye. Rachel? Aye. Claude? Uh, Jordan, Melissa, bye. Pleasure. And I also vote aye. We will table the meeting minutes for November 1st. Um, at this point, we'll move, um, or I'll call for any disclosures or recusals for today's meeting items. Um, do planning board members have any items for disclosure or recusal on today's agenda? Right. Uh, seeing none, we'll move on to the consent agenda. Um, so there are two items on our consent agenda. These items have been placed on the consent agenda because they meet the criteria in Exhibit 2 of our bylaws, including appearing to clearly meet the criteria, having no known significant controversy, and having no members of the public here to testify to these items. Um, however, we have been notified that I think we have um, at least one person available um, here to testify related to 434 South High Street. The high street one. Um, thank you. Is there anyone here to testify either online or in the room for uh, 1034 South University Boulevard? Here. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, so That's the applicant. Oh. Oh, sorry. No, all good. <laughs> thank you for clarifying that. Um, so unless you want to pull it off consent, we can leave it on. Um, all right, so with that, I'll also turn to the board. Are there any planning board members that would like to pull uh, either item four or item five off the consent agenda? Okay. Uh, so with a member of the public here to testify, we will pull item four, official map amendment application 2023I 00069, rezoning 434 South High Street from USUC to USUC1 off of do I have a motion to approve agenda item five, official map amendment application 2022I00149, rezoning 1034 South University Boulevard from ESUDX to ESUD1X? I move to approve item five on the consent agenda. <laughs> Is there a second? Second. second. Uh, thank you, Jordan. Um, with that, uh, I will do a roll call vote. Fred? Aye. Hey. Hi. Rachel? Hi. Claude? Jordan? Aye. Melissa? Aye. Kosha? Aye. And I vote aye as well. Um, with that, uh, item five has uh, moved and has been approved on the consent agenda. Thank you. Um, uh, on item four, uh, we will go ahead and open the uh, public hearing. Um, I'm not going to restate the whole thing. <laughs> Rezoning 434 South High Street from USUC to USUC1. And we'll start with a staff presentation. And it's Fritz. Hi. It's me. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this is actually my first presentation to this board, so thank you very much for having me. And uh, if I do anything that's out of typical form, please let me know. 
So we are here to look at 434 South High Street, case number 2023-I-00069, request uh, going from the current USUC zoning to USUC1. Uh, Property is 6,240 square feet, currently contains a single family residence and a detached garage. Again, they are looking to go from USUC to USUC1, requesting this rezoning to allow an accessory dwelling unit. Property is located in Council District 6, Council Member Paul Cashman, and in the Washington Park Statistical Neighborhood. The existing zoning, again, is USUC, uh, surrounded by largely other USUC zoned properties uh, with a mix of other zone districts in the proximate area, uh, UTUC to the west, SSUD to the north, a uh, couple of others, a small area of UMX2X and APUD. Just in context, uh, single unit residential is the current use, again, surrounded by other single unit residential with a mixture of a few multi-unit properties and public, quasi-public uses. The bottom picture is the residence in question, 434 South High Street. The top picture is looking south from Dakota and High Street onto High Street, so a view of the block looking south. I think uh, the 434 South High Street is a fairly typical structure for the neighborhood, single-story, uh, single-family residence. So we are here today at the November 15th uh, Planning Board public hearing. Um, informational notices were completed in the specified timeframes. Uh, it's tentatively scheduled for the Ludi Committee on December 5th and for a City Council public hearing on January 26th. Uh, we did receive one comment in opposition between when I wrote the staff report and turned it in and uh, this presentation concerned with um, potential safety concerns along the alley with a potential accessory dwelling unit being located there, as well as general concerns about compatibility. Uh, looking at the review criteria, we'll start with consistency with adopted plans. Uh, looking at comprehensive plan 2040, um, you may be familiar with its goals. They include increasing development of affordable housing, uh, excuse me, increasing development of housing units close to transit and mixed use developments, creating a mix of housing options, promoting infill development where infrastructure and services are already in place, and encouraging mixed use communities where residents can live, work, and play in their own neighborhoods. Um, particularly within that is a recommendation to diversify housing choice through the expansion of accessory dwelling units throughout all residential areas. Um, this is actually, we jumped into Blueprint, I apologize. Uh, we went straight from Comp Plan 2042 Blueprint. Um, so the, one of the Blueprint goals is um, until a citywide approach to ADUs is in place, individual rezonings to enable ADUs in all residential areas, especially where proximate to transit, are appropriate. Unless there is a neighborhood plan supporting ADUs, rezoning should be small in area in order to minimize impacts to the surrounding residential area. Uh, blueprint, this is in the um, urban context in Blueprint. 
urban context, as we know, it's typically at small multi-unit residential and mixed-use areas embedded in one and two-unit residential areas, regular block patterns, mix of alley access. The applicant does not propose to change the context here. As far as the place type that Blueprint assigns, it is residential low, which is uh, predominantly single and two-unit uses in smaller lots. Blueprint says that accessory dwelling units and duplexes are appropriate and can be thoughtfully integrated or compatible. Uh, South High Street is a local future street type as well. Uh, it's not in a growth area. It's in all other areas of the city area in Blueprint. Uh, moving on to uniformity of district regulations. I'm sorry, I'll just address that briefly. Uh, applicant proposes to change zoning to the USUC1 so without any special conditions or waivers, maintaining uniformity of district regulations. Uh, furthering public health, safety, and welfare. In our analysis, the proposed rezoning does not present a challenge to public health, safety, and welfare. And in fact, is to the public benefit, looking at the goals of Plan 2040. As far as a justifying circumstance goes, uh, the justifying circumstance we're looking at here is the inclusion of a recommendation to allow ADU citywide in Blueprint Denver in 2019, which is after the 2010 uh, current assignment of the zoning. Finally, consistency with neighborhood context, zone district purpose and intent. We find that the proposed rezoning is consistent with those statements and the Denver zoning code. Looking at them now, um, <clears throat> tell me how much detail you wanna get into here. Uh, the, given that the current zoning is USUC, USUC1 is quite similar to that zoning. Main difference being the allowance of uh, accessory dwelling unit use and the allowance of the detached accessory dwelling unit building for. Uh, so I believe we're staying consistent with those statements there. Given all those factors, uh, staff is recommending approval based on having found all the review criteria to be met. Again, that includes consistency with adopted plans, uniformity of district regulations, furthering public health, safety, and welfare. Find, we did find a justifying circumstance in the change of plan guidance, and it is consistent with neighborhood context, zone district purpose, and intent. And at this point, I'm happy to answer any questions. Thank you. Thanks so much, Prince. Great job on your first presentation. Oh, thank you. Welcome to planning for it. Yeah. Um, so as far as order, what we typically do is we do a staff presentation, then an applicant presentation if there is one, and then we open it up for the public testimony for our public hearing. Um, so uh, with that, I think you said you were the applicant for this one or for what the other one? Uh, 1034. For the, oh, for the, for the yep. third one. Oh, okay, great. Um, so then is the applicant online? Uh, Brian Way? Right. Hello, um, hello. Yep. Can you hear me? We can. Yes. Please introduce yourself. Give your address and you have three minutes. Uh, thank you. My name is Brian Way. The address of the home is 434 South High Street. We currently don't reside in that home, but the plans are to move into the primary dwelling and then have the ADU on the back to help subsidize uh, the remodel and help finance with obviously the rate, uh, rise in uh, mortgage rates. So. That is the intention. Great, thank you. Um, with And that's everything you wanted to add, right? Sorry. I think so. Um, okay, with that, we'll open it up to the public. Um, I think we have one um, member of the public. There's also a phone number on there so we can see if they're interested, but um, Renee Renke. Hi there, can you hear me? 
we can. Yeah, please. Oh, good. I wasn't sure this was going to work. This is yeah. my question too. <laughs> All good. Uh, we can hear you. Go ahead and give your name and address, and you have three minutes. Thank you. Sure thing. Thank you. Um, and thanks for taking the time today. I appreciate it. Um, my name is Renee Reinke. I live at 465 South Race Street. So I share the alley with the proposed um, zoning change lot. And um, my only concern was there's already two ADUs on this alley. Um, and they're adjacent to the property. The first one's at 414 South High, and the second one is at 424 South High. Um, which so there's the alleys in a bit of a disrepair. It's not horrible, but there is quite a bit of traffic already. And so I just wasn't clear if um it didn't. I um Eric, your report is amazing. Thank you. I did read that. Um I didn't notice that that was noted in the report, and so I could have totally missed it. And if I did, I apologize. Um, but I just wanted to make sure that was part of the consideration that there are already two ADUs in this using this alley. Thank you. Thanks for your testimony. Uh, is there anyone else online who would like to speak? Okay. Uh, seeing none, I will go ahead and open this up to questions from board members to either staff or um, speakers. questions. I will go ahead and close the public hearing. Um, that means no further public comments and no questions from the board. Um, so the public <coughs> hearing on this application is now closed and our board deliberation is open. Just for the education of the, the public, the, the public does not participate in the board deliberation. It's really our time to consider the application and discussion to discuss it together. Um, with that, uh, any comments? Okay, thank you so much. Um, is there a motion from a member of the board? Sure, I'll make a motion. I move to recommend that city council approve application 2023 I-00069 rezoning 434 South High Street from USUC to USUC1, finding that the applicable review criteria have been met. Second. Thank you very much. I'll do a roll call vote. Fred? Aye. Heidi? Aye. Rachel? Aye. Bob? Aye. Jordan? Aye. Melissa? Aye. Gosha? Aye. And I also vote aye. Thank you very much. That motion is passed. Um, then we are on to our other regular agenda items. Um, the uh, applicant, so the first uh, item we have listed on our regular agenda is an official map amendment application 2023I00062. This would be rezoning 61, 73, 75, 87, and 95 North Lincoln Street from GMU5 UO3 and GMS5 UO1 and UO2 to GMS5. Um, I know that the applicant has requested postponement of this case to the December 20th, 2023 planning board meeting. Um, and so we do need a motion and a vote to uh, postpone to that date certain. And that, that would be the date that the public <coughs> Is there a motion? I move to postpone the hearing for that application yeah. to the date requested. Second. Great, thank you. I'll do a roll call vote. Fred? Aye. Heidi? Aye. Rachel? Aye. Claude? Aye. Jordan? Aye. Melissa? Aye. Gosha? Aye. And I vote aye as well. We are on to regular agenda item number seven. This is the official map amendment application 2023I00054, rezoning 3051 Lawrence Street from GRH3. UO3 to GRX3. Um, 
we will start with our uh, staff presentation. I'll go ahead and open the public hearing. Uh, Tony Lechuga. Thank you. Um, so my name is Tony Lechuga, a planner with Community Planning and Development, and I will be presenting the private applicant proposed uh, change to the zoning classification at 3051 Lawrence Street. Um, so let's start with looking at the actual applicant request. <clears throat> so this is a map of the property here. It's currently zoned GRH3. That's, <clears throat> excuse me, general urban uh, row house, three stories. And it has a UO3 overlay, which is a historic structure use overlay. And they're looking to change the zoning to general urban residential mixed use, still at three stories. Um, the lot itself is 9,370 square feet, and it contains a two-story, about 1,400 square foot single unit residential structure that was built back in 1904. <clears throat> and the applicant is requesting to rezone to allow for a broader range of uses on the ground floor. Notably, the row house building form is, uh, I'm sorry, the row house district is a strictly residential district without commercial allowances. The residential mixed use allows for commercial uses on the ground floor only with um, uh, residential or lodging uses um, on the second and third stories. Let's talk briefly about location and context. Um, so you can see here the property is located in Council District 9, represented by Council Member Watson, and it's located right here in the Five Points neighborhood. Um, you can see the property here outlined in red. You can see um, this part of the city is still on the original Denver city grid, not the orthogonal grid. Um, so the, the angled grid that we see here. <coughs> you can see that the uh, property outlined in red is zoned that GRHU03, as are um, basically many of the properties uh, along that northwestern edge of Lawrence Street. Um, you can see there's some former Chapter 59 and then some GMU3 across Lawrence Street. Uh, and then notably to the northwest, you see IMX3 and then IMX5 as we rise uh, into um, higher density and more intense uh, commercial uses uh, in some of that former industrial land that I've seen a lot of transition over the past few years. Um, the subject property is one block away from Mestito Curtis Park, which you can see in the bottom right of the picture there. Um, and it's about half a mile from the 30th and Downing train station. <coughs> In terms of existing land use, you can see a, a diversity of land uses in the area. Um, there are some rows of single unit homes, um, some full blocks of multi-unit dwellings, some offices. Uh, and then again, you kind of notice as you move to the Northwest, some mixed use uh, and some former industrial spaces, um, but a real mix of, of different uses in the area. Uh, this particular corner of Lawrence and 30th, you can see a diversity of, of different things. No single type of, of house uh, of, of land use dominates the area there. Uh, this slide shows the subject property and its immediate neighbors uh, to, the, to, the, to the west and the north. Um, you can see the extent of the undeveloped land adjacent to the, the small two-story home on the property there. All right, let's turn to public process. So uh, in terms of process, um, all residents within 200 feet, applicable RNOs, and city council were notified about the application uh, back on September 9th. And then those same groups were notified about this planning board hearing on October 31st, uh, and here we are at the planning board hearing date. Um, we have received no comments from RNOs. Um, we've also received no comments from other neighbors or stakeholders in the area. And now let's turn to the review criteria. Um, so for those who don't know, the Denver Zoning Code has five review criteria. <coughs> 
criteria were mandated to analyze to determine if a rezoning is appropriate. Uh, and I'll go through all five of those now. So the first is consistency with adopted plans. Um, the two uh, citywide land use plans. Uh, and then this one has a third one, the small area plan, uh, the Northeast Downtown Neighborhoods Plan. I apologize for the typo, neighborhoods, not neighborhood. Uh, and that plan was uh, approved in 2011. We're gonna skip over Comp Plan 2040 and jump straight into Blueprint Denver. Um, so in Blueprint Denver, this particular uh, strip between Mestizo Kirks Park, uh, areas to the Northwest is called General Urban. And this is supposed to be a range of multi-unit to single unit homes with good street activation and connectivity, which is what we see currently. Um, and it does say that development should be sensitive to the existing context um, because they are applying for a general urban district. Uh, and we believe that the, the lack of a change in height of that district uh, leads it to be development that would be sensitive to what is existing. Um, in terms of future place type, Blueprint Denver calls this high medium, which is a mix of uh, multi-unit residential buildings, um, some neighborhood mixed use distributed throughout the neighborhood, throughout the area, and heights up to eight stories. Um, we'll talk a bit more about the height when we get into the uh, small area plan, um, but I particularly wanted to note that this is a residential collector where it says there should be primarily residential, but it could include small retail nodes. So both the future place type and the street type call for particular application of small retail areas uh, with sort of neighborhood uh, serving mixed use. Um, we find that this corner close to a park, close to the higher intensities to the west, um, and along a residential collector would be a good place for one of those particular nodes. In terms of growth area strategies, this is all other areas of the city, 20% of new housing and 10% of new jobs by 2040. We see no conflict with the proposed zone district meeting that goal. Um, now let's turn to the small area plan. <clears throat> so the Northeast Downtown Neighborhoods Plan identifies this as part of the urban residential land use type. Um, and you can see it's that strip along Lawrence Street. Compared to the lower scale parts of the historic neighborhood, uh, this strip is noted for having higher densities, but still primarily residential. <coughs> Excuse me. It's also noted for allowing a mix of building forms and uses. Um, so similar to what I said about Blueprint Denver uh, guidance, uh, we believe that the allowance for ground floor commercial with upper story residential and the residential mixed use district uh, would still align with this plan guidance. Um, and now we'll turn to the height guidance. So while it's worth noting that Blueprint identifies this as having heights up to eight stories, um, it also tells us to look at small area plans for more specific height guidance. And this small area plan calls for heights up to three stories, which aligns with what the rezoning proposal asks for. <clears throat> uh, so staff also finds that the requested zoning meets the next two criteria. <clears throat> will result in uniformity of district regulations uh, and it'll further public health safety and welfare by implementing our plan guidance and allowing for compatible infill development. Staff finds there's a justifying circumstance for this map amendment with implementation of our adopted plans, um, but also the small area plan was adopted after the existing zoning was established in 2010. Um, there are also changing conditions in the area with significant changes to the blocks to the northwest uh, and continuing investments in the RTD system in the area. And then um, lastly, the proposed zoning is consistent with the neighborhood context, residential mixed use districts, and the GRH3 zone district's intent statement. So based on the review criteria, staff recommends the planning board recommend approval of this map amendment. Um, and the applicant does have a very brief presentation that they'd like to to give.
Great, thank you so much, Jenny. Um, with that, we will go ahead and take the presentation and open up the public testimony. Come on. Please introduce yourself, give your address, and you have three minutes. Hey, Andrew. Yes, I found their presentation, but I'm struggling to see the thing that allows me to share. I need to share it before making it full screen. Yep. Thank you, members of the planning board. I'm Bruce O'Donnell, and I'm the owner's representative for this application, and I'm at 825 East Spear Boulevard uh, here in Denver. Um, and I'm joined today by Danny Newman, who will also give a quick presentation. And uh, as Tony highlighted, here's the site. It's uh, got a small house on it, that mostly vacant land. And importantly, it's served by an alley between uh, Lawrence and Larimer. And uh, so it's a good location for this RX zoning, as, as Tony described. Um, we wanted you to know that uh, we've been very active in the community, meeting with the Curtis Park Neighbors RNO long before we filed the application. And we have a draft good neighbor agreement and protective covenant in the works with them to uh, create more predictability around the rezoning and use and operational limitations and parameters. And uh, we're it's in their court right now. We're waiting to hear back from them that we uh, fully expect to get to the finish line and get a letter of support from the RNO uh, prior to going to city council. Um, one of the things we've discussed with them, and I think it's worth viewing about the context and the appropriateness of this request at this location, is uh, as you can see from these illustrations that our architect has done, uh, the three-story zoning uh, the, the massing allowed under the RX versus the RH really isn't that much different. Um, and also one of the things that the neighbors have brought up and that we're in agreement with is the block sensitive setback on Lawrence Street. And so you can see on the right hand image, the existing houses in there to show that we can set the new building back and have it be consistent with the entire block pattern of Lawrence, uh, whereas uh, if you didn't do that, the zoning would look, have the build two uh, rather than a setback like this block sensitive context that we're working on. And so that's a commitment we've discussed with the neighbors. Uh, but also this shows that uh, in terms of uh, scale and change, the, the, the massing isn't very different. Um, and as Tony kind of alluded to, uh, this rezoning is really more about uses uh, that could come to the site than uh, you know, going into some great density uh, of zoning of some kind, which obviously we're not doing. Uh, and so with that, uh, we request the planning board recommend to, to city council approval of Roy zoning application 2023I0054, rezoning 3051 Lawrence from GRH3 to GRX3. And uh, I am available to answer questions should you have any. Thank you. Thank you. Just leave this up here. Uh, hi, I'm Danny Newman. My wife and I own the uh, uh, property here at 3051 Lawrence Street. Our home address is 574 Pennsylvania Street. Um, and uh, um, yeah, uh, as, as Bruce uh, mentioned, our plan here is to do a uh, small uh, uh, five, six unit uh, kind of lodge in type, uh, uh, type concept um, and working with the uh, neighborhood association and the neighbors on exactly what kind of uh, um, uh, street level um, thing makes sense for that. So we can go all the way, you know, kind of 
in any different direction um, within that and are open to all of that with uh, with the neighborhood association. Um, and uh, yeah, I'll, I think that's about it. Um, I'm available for any questions. Thank you guys. Thank you. Uh, I don't believe we have anyone online for public testimony. Anyone in the room for public testimony? Up or not. Okay. Um, great. We don't have any additions online. Um, so with that, um, why don't I go ahead and open it up to questions from the planning board to the applicant or staff? Question. The building format that uses, I guess, if, if there's a difference between the two that the uh, RX zoning have any requirement for active uses on the ground floor and fail to two requirements as opposed to the residential only zoning? Um, in terms of ground floor activation, I'm not sure. Um, Just trying to understand if there are Required to provide some kind of, um, you know, active uses on the ground floor, or oh, they're not required to. Uh, the RX district could be a hundred percent residential okay. building if they wanted it to be. Yeah, okay. yeah, it's not a requirement. Okay, thank you. <clears throat> Maybe you answered this and I missed it. Um, why isn't the use overlay staying? So the the use overlay really applies to. Um, allowing particular it it, it it allows three particular uses um, that are deemed like appropriate potentially within a historic building in that location and so those are it would the uo3 allows for offices art studios or bnb lodging on particular sites within the area so by going to the rx district those uses would be allowed anyway so the uo3 is no longer a, a a useful tool to lay over that. The UO3 does nothing to like uh, necessarily preserve historic structures. It simply allows for those three additional uses within historic structures. Okay. They, they do come with caveats that like, oh, if you want to do a B&B, you know, you need approval through Landmark. If you want to do an office space, you need some sort of approvals through Landmark. So the RX does eliminate those sort of like Landmark reviews of those uses. It just allows them as of right. Go ahead, Claude. Uh, can you go into like the, um, the specific incentives that allow for up to, I guess, four stories of the 5B for the GRX3? <clears throat> yeah, so they would be able to achieve that through the um, uh, enhanced affordability, enhanced affordability incentives of EHA. So if they chose to go the residential route and they um, provided. <coughs> met those requirements, then they would be able to get that fourth story and that up to 45 feet. I just, I just want to confirm to make sure I understand. So RX in most cases requires um, residential above, but one of the permitted uses throughout is a lodging use, even though that's a commercial use. It, it's residential or lodging uses okay, above the first story. Yeah. Great, thank you. Yeah. So is it the lodging use that's not permitted in the RH zoning? I'm trying to understand. Yeah, okay. so a lodging use is not permitted in the RH, except for if it's 
it's if the lodging use is within a historic structure and that historic structure has to meet certain size requirements and go through approval of mark. But otherwise, yes, a lodging use is not allowed in the RH. I could just take on that. So there seems to be a structure there, but then the lodging unit um, proposed. So I don't know if they're planning on maintaining or not that maybe that's a question for the applicant on maintaining that building, but arguably it could be allowed in that little structure, but nothing else, right? If that was historic, is that the concept under the RH through the overlay? Yeah. You but but if you, even if you did like an allowed addition and preserve that building, it wouldn't be in the addition because it's not historic. If you maintained the UO3, that's correct. Yeah. Okay. Um, and I did speak to landmark staff about the structure because it was built in 1904. Our landmark staff had no qualms with this rezoning going forward. They did note that if the applicant files for a demolition permit, they would you know, do their due diligence in researching whether or not it's a historic structure. Extraordinary. Yeah, this is just a minor question for the applicant. Um, I'm, I apologize if I missed this, but the in the good neighbor agreement and other documents you're creating with the with the community, you had the Lawrence Street sensitivity sort of piece to that, and it seemed like in the presentation that it was about the setback. Uh, is there any sort of activation, penetration, anything like that? Is it is that part of that discussion at all? Sorry, the activation portion of the basically will Lawrence will the Lawrence Street side in this agreement require anything like the building to sort of wrap around the corner and as opposed to having this just the like side of a building for instance um i think that i, I think part of the uh building i think part of the just part of the zoning yeah part of the whatever the current zoning is will will require some sort of ground level transparency all that kind of stuff that is is part of that right, thanks yeah but also As long as we're back, uh, I, I want to be really clear that the overlay only applies to contributing structures in an historic district or to an individual building that's landmarked. And, and so the, the overlay is meaningless unless those two criteria are met. So the existing little house is neither. Is not it's not in a historic district, nor is it landmarked, right? And Jordan, I'm sorry, did your question get Yeah, answered? yeah, sorry, I just I scattered mine, misread the zone here. <laughs> the, the other thing, and I, uh, that it's kind of part of this conversation, is I mentioned the alley, and um, this is another discussion with the neighbors, but because of the alley, it's really easy for us to provide off-street parking access by the alley, um, and that's a, a positive also within the community. Thank you. Any other questions for the board? Seeing none, I will go ahead and close the public hearing uh, and open board deliberation. It seems like it's consistent with the minor uh, revision to zoning code that's consistent with the adopted plan, so I'll be supportive. Um, yeah, I would echo that, and I think particularly I appreciated Tony you calling out in the staff report kind of the opportunity for those retail nodes or kind of those more active nodes um, was helpful for me understanding kind of how that fit within a residential district. So, all right, with that, I'll take a motion. 
I move to recommend that city council approve application number 2023 I00054 rezoning 3051 Lawrence Street from GRH3U03 to GRX3, finding that the applicable review criteria have been met. I'll second. And roll call. Fred? Aye. Heidi? Aye. Rachel? Aye. Claude? Aye. Jordan? Aye. Melissa? Aye. Gosha? Aye. And I will I as well. Uh, thank you so much. That's been recommended on to City Council. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Um, with that, we conclude our regular agenda and we move into uh, kind of planning, development, and, and chair time. Um, I was going to just take an opportunity. Uh, we had a great meeting, a joint meeting with City Council. My days were blending with that just last week. Um, <laughs> um, and I just wanted to give an opportunity for our board. I know we talked a little bit in our strategic planning session about kind of how we'd like to really make great use of that time and how, um, kind of as we look ahead to January, if there was anything that this group wanted to discuss or prioritize. Um, I know just to, and Andrew, please add, um, uh, staff is in the process of kind of preparing summary of notes from it. And I think we'll be preparing kind of the key themes um, that they heard to come back out and then probably zero in on one of those at the upcoming January meeting and joint session. And so um, you'll certainly see that come back, come back out. Um, but if there's anything that, yeah, we wanted to talk about, I just wanted to kind of give us some time. Okay, go ahead, Heidi. So um, that all sounds great. And I look forward to future meetings where we can pursue those topics deeper. It seems like we do have one piece of low hanging fruit from that meeting and that I heard broad support from the city council members who were there to move forward with a legislative rezone of ADUs in the entire city. And so I was curious, Andrew, if, out, if, if staff interpreted the same way and if there's any momentum in staff to go ahead and get that prepared for council to move forward with that work item. Yeah, thanks for thanks for that. So, and, and we've definitely been hearing that for a while, and I can share that um, we're we're working with a couple of a, a few council members uh, on how that might work. Uh, it may there are several ways that we might approach that. Uh, you know, whether that's uh, rezoning to of all properties to you know the USU uh, V one or you know some other type of zone district would more likely. Probably would involve uh, a text amendment uh, to simply just change the underlying regulations in the code. But this is still a uh, still a you know kind of a, an, in the early stages right now, and, and better understanding kind of the, the direction that we're we're getting from from council members. But it is something we're definitely hearing and and excited to support when when it's time to move that forward. Yeah, and it sounds like you are you're working through details of how we would actually how the logistics and and what that rezone would actually look like so thank you uh um, yeah i second what heidi said i think it might be more passing the strategy and kind of how both city council and planning board can work on it and whatever community engagement needs to happen and how we can collaborate it on, on that issue but uh what i want to bring up that as you organize the teams and prioritize them. Obviously, we can talk about everything at, yeah. um, at the same time. I think it'd be great to align it with the CPD priorities. I mean, if there's a, a things in the work plan that you guys want to move forward um, sooner um, or rather than later, it'd be great to align these meetings with kind of your workflow and priorities. So I think we can be both informed but also helpful in terms of moving forward. Absolutely. 
um, and, and I will say that we did kind of capture some of those themes and are thinking about uh, how to order the, the discussion of those in what we're hoping to be a total of four uh, opportunities for the, the council and board to meet together next year. Uh, so probably I think that it's likely that, that for that first meeting that's already scheduled for January 24th that we'll be talking about the rezoning review criteria as it seems like that's one of those topics that we hear a lot about and uh, uh, is also timely because we're exploring that as part of that advance uh, the advancing equity and rezoning project. Uh, we definitely heard uh, the requests to talk about missing middle and infill development and affordability for smaller developments. Um, obviously, ADU citywide, we'll have to kind of time that, you know, time those discussions with uh, essentially with however it sort of shakes out uh, in the next year or so uh, in terms of how we're actually going to be considering those. Um, heard a lot of requests for discussion of the future of industrial land and our manufacturing preservation areas and allowing mixed use there. So that certainly uh, will a discussion that I think will be valuable to have to inform updates to, to Blueprint. Uh, and I, I could share uh, these these key themes uh, with you all as well, and certainly welcome any others that you may have you may have heard. Did you say January twenty fourth? January twenty fourth uh, is our first scheduled meeting with uh, uh, between the board and the city council. Will you send out a calendar? Yes, like you like you call the other calendar. I sure <laughs> will. Yeah. It's funny. I made a note to myself to mark it. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, and if there's any other dates that have been discussed for right. the I'm working on those yeah oh, right. we're working so the way that that works is typically work with the council president and the various uh, committee chairs to find you know committee dates that they think are likely to have a, a, a short enough agenda that they could potentially combine with a, a previous or uh, subsequent hearing do you remember the time on the 24th just off the top of your head I want to say it is from 1 30 to 3 but I will confirm all that and I'll send out a calendar everybody thanks Fred, you were next in the Thanks. Yeah, I, I wrote down for what it's worth because it, it was in one of the emails. I did write down 130 to 3. Okay, yeah. I, I do think I sent it out email. at one point. We kind of announced it last week and yes, yeah. as part of the precursor or the our outreach in advance of the bunch. So I, you know, I, I kind of wanted to follow up just briefly on the ADU rezoning. Um, because it sounds to me from some of the conversations that I've heard that there are some members who are ready to do it. And the thing I want to mention is, or at least plant is, ought to be, seems giving some thought to what sort of guidance to give to applicants at this stage about spending their money. And, and, it, and I also just want to raise it because I know Council Sawyer has been talking about a hail neighborhood rezoning. And I guess it, I start to wonder about spending staff time and that resource on these things if, if a rezoning is coming. And, and also from an equity standpoint, which is I think one of the great arguments for just doing the citywide AD rezoning is just making sure that we communicate well with applicants or potential applicants about the realities of when this might happen. So that I, I suppose somebody can then make a decision, an informed decision about whether or not to spend the thousand dollars yeah, all of that. And, and certainly, uh, to be clear, if there's any time we anticipate a forthcoming text amendment or legislative rezoning, we definitely make applicants aware of that possibility uh, so that they can 
make those informed decisions. I think a, you know, a, a citywide change is, will, will take some time and, and, uh, and some uh, public discussion. Uh, and so people, folks who are interested in you know, building an, uh, an ADU, permitting and building an ADU sooner than later may still be interested in moving forward in the, in the near term. Uh, and we're, of course, always happy to uh, process those applications, but we're very clear to folks if, you know, there's a proposed legislative rezoning of a neighborhood, for example, uh, in the offing, we've always made sure to make people aware that they, this may actually be, be covered by a, a forthcoming legislative rezoning. And, and we're definitely, uh, as, this, as this bigger project shapes up and we know more about the timeline, so we'll share whatever information we have with would-be applicants. I was, I'm going to go forego the comment I originally was going to make because it wasn't that valuable. But <laughs> on the you know taking a long time thing, it's and having a lot of public discussion. While I'm in favor of having public discussion, it's it seems to be that blueprint was the result of public discussion, and it clearly recommends that. So I'm hoping that there's not a feeling that a lot more public discussion needs to be had here, being that that discussion already was had. Yeah, and duly noted, and I'll, I'll definitely pass that on. You know, we're, we kind of seek the guidance of city council members who may have, you know, sponsor a project like that. And so we'll want to hear from, uh, from them and, and others kind of what, how they see that process going. Uh, but I definitely hear what you're saying and, and do agree that we've had pretty lengthy discussions now for several years about accessory dwelling units and uh, definitely hear uh, a, a lot of, public call for allowing them citywide. Any other remarks? Go ahead. I was just curious, um, and Councilman Sawyer brought this up in the context of construction defects, but uh, I think there's potentially multiple state legislative items that are um, that this year or in the future um, may come up. And so I was just curious in terms of legal guidance. I do think that it's power that it would be powerful for um, Denver Planning Board and in combination with Denver City Council to, um, you know, write a letter of support or something like that um, for whether it's construction defects or, um, you know, density near transit or any of these other, you know, ADUs, legal, statewide. Um, and so just was curious and getting more guidance on that. That's a great um, question. Thanks for re-raising that because I know that happened right near the end of the meeting. And so maybe that's something that kind of at a future meeting we could have like an info session item. I, mean, I think it may be worth talking about legislation itself too as it comes uh, out, right? Um, that will have land use impacts. And so, um, but maybe sooner rather than later we could have like a legal slash planning um, discussion on the opportunities that exist um, on that front. Is there just like a quick bullet point answer? Can we do that? Theoretically, without getting into detail, have to look into it. Okay, <laughs> fair <laughs> enough. I should have seen that coming. And, to your that point, no. we, and I didn't. I didn't go through all the themes we pulled out. Uh, uh, that was definitely one of them. Um, and we did. Uh, we heard that, and and uh, I have uh, on my uh, list of uh, to dos uh, is to work with. Um, the city attorney's office and with the, the council's uh, city council's uh, legal counsel and get some guidance on that and we'll provide it back. And as I recall, I mean, just to kind of follow up, the board can sort of be asked to make some findings. And, and so I start to wonder if, if a really appropriate way for us to help support city council 
in their advocacy work is to for them to ask or for the director of CPD to ask us for a finding about this for us to kind of look into that so that we can then provide what I, I think is fair to say kind of expert guidance on that to city council as they as they advocate. Thank you all. Um, I thought it was a good meeting and it was great to see uh, the level of attendance both the planning board and city council. I hope that January has the same. Um, are there any other things that want to be raised? I, I, we will have a, a motion for an executive session here shortly that I'll make, but um, I wanted to ask if there are any other items that you all want to raise kind of at the public session. Um, so, uh, the city attorney's office has requested that we make a motion to go into executive session, uh, for the purpose of receiving legal advice pursuant to Denver Verizon Municipal Code section 2-34A7, uh, to discuss some potential bylaws amendments. Uh, and this, I will make that, I have made that motion, I should say, um, and it will take a two-thirds majority vote of those present here to move into that executive session. At that point, we would take a break. The public and staff would leave, and it would just be the board um, with the city attorney's office. Um, so, is there a second for that motion? Seconded. Okay. Any discussion? I will do a roll call vote. Fred. Aye. Heidi. Aye. Rachel. Aye. Claude. Aye. Jordan. Aye. Melissa. Aye. Boja. Aye. I vote aye as well. Okay. With that, um, we will take a five-minute break. Um, to close our, our meeting in here, um, we'll stay in the room and, and channel eight. Um, you guys are done and good as well. Thank you. say this, but I think we have time for one more question from the audience. So I'm interested in this uh, process of how the idea of representation interacts with the art of painting. Do you, do you begin with an idea that something that you want to represent and focus the, the application of the paint to that is, is it something that you come to after you've completed the paint painting or is it something that's interactive in the course of the painting itself sometimes I just see 